So I think it's going to be a really amazing era now in terms of personalization of care, just because the way the system is set up, it's hard to find enough care management time to do that activity. I think we're in for a real innovation in terms of how healthcare is delivered in these next decades. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to Home Health 360, where we speak with leaders in home care and home health from across the globe. Every year, LiCare CEO and co-founder Adrian Schauer publishes his top predictions in home-based care. With over nine years of experience in the home-based care industry, he and LiCare have been witness to countless trends, challenges, and innovative changes, all shaping and molding the industry into what we see today. For example, Last year, it was anticipated that the industry was gearing up to manage repetitive tasks more efficiently. With economic and resource constraints, we see the industry embracing the opportunity to achieve more with less through solutions such as AI, highly personalized care plans, the adoption of integrated care models, and more. A few days ago, we published Adrian's top predictions for 2024. You can find it on Alea Care's blog, and it's also linked in this episode's description. So to dive in more deeply into those, I'm pleased to welcome our CEO, Adrian Schauer from Aliacare, and this special episode of Home Health 360 to hear more about his predictions for the future of home-based care in North America for 2024. Adrian, welcome to the show today. Great to be here, Jeff. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So what did we see last year? And I'm going to bring you through what your predictions were from 2023. We've got the declaration of war on repetitive tasks, simplifying operations to become part of care delivery, offering continuous learning and growth opportunities. Number four was seizing a shifting model of care. And then number five was resisting the commoditization of our industry. Taking a look back, how do you think those predictions held up? My view on the operating context for 2023 was pretty bang on. Most listeners to this in the industry will agree that we have COVID in the rear view, but life is not easy. Margins are compressed. There's still labor shortages everywhere. So the theme of doing more with less, I think was pretty accurate. From all the interactions I have with our customers and prospective customers, I can say the war on repetitive tasks was well-timed because they're really in this theme of how do I take costs out of the business to make sure every possible dollar goes to the frontline care worker delivering care? That was absolutely where the industry was focused this past year. So I stand by those. I know of an agency, I love the quote that they gave. It's like having another scheduler in the office. And what I was really excited about was really not AI, but I'd say the first version of what people come to think of AI or machine learning, and that's just simple automations. And it's the process of invoking some if-then logic so that people are actually doing a lot of their work based on rules, not necessarily on human judgment. Exactly. We see software's role in this industry as taking away all the drudgery that goes with running in-home care delivery. We want the people in your organization, whether they're in the back office or clinical managers or frontline care workers, to be entirely focused on building relationships, making key decisions, and getting the client and patient outcomes that they're trying to get. And if you can express some piece of work 
that's being done, as you say, as an if-then statement, the human should not be doing that anymore. That's up to the software to handle, to free up time to do the really value-added work. Yeah, love it. Scheduling by rules, not 100% by humans. So your first prediction for 2024 is the continued proliferation of AI and machine learning in healthcare, where you explain the different ways in which AI will continue to revolutionize the home-based care industry. Can you bring us through what your thinking is on that? Absolutely. So 2023 was the year that generative AI, so chat GPT style transformers, large language models escaped the lab and made their way into everyday consciousness and then also into business applications. So at our Better Outcomes Conference in September, I unveiled Alaya Care's virtual assistant. She's named Layla. I'm very fond of her. There are many problems she will solve for us and for our customers. And the exciting part about Layla is that she's a large language model that you can interact with through our secure messaging interface. One big advantage of that is secure messaging lives in all our different touch points for all the different personas. So whether it's in the back office or in the mobile app for a frontline care worker, or even in the client family portal, which can be used by the, the family or the entire circle of care, secure messaging is there and you can interact with Layla. And Layla has access not only to all the data that lives within our cloud, so all the data relative to a client or the employee or the schedule or the funding, but you can also access the world of information and be fine-tuned on specific clinical best practices. Very exciting innovations. Yeah, and I was there for that demo. It was super cool. So if I'm going to try to take the layman's view of this, what I saw you type in was, hey, I need an update on patient X. So I'm actually a subscriber to ChatGPT4. And I think what the average person out there that thinks about these generative AI models is that you can type something into ChatGPT and it basically has learned from about 10% of the internet and it stopped learning in 2021. So if you ask who won the Super Bowl last year, it's going to have a really hard time. But if there's a large pool of knowledge that it could learn from whatever topic is that you're searching for, it should be pretty good at summarizing it. ChatGPT4 allows you to feed new information. Hey, take a look at this PDF and read it and then compare it to this website. These are brand new pieces of information that it can go and digest. And um, so you're saying that we're going to be hitting that stage where there can be something that's typed into an EMR as of yesterday and that these large language models can go and uh, learn off that set of data in real time. Yeah. So there are a couple of aspects. Definitely there's what's called a retrieval augmented generation. And so the large language model has the capability to converse with you, understand your intention. And then let's say I want to know what the latest blood pressure reading was for Mrs. Smith. Layla can then actually call the API within Eliacare and say, hey, for Mrs. Smith's patient ID in Eliacare is one, two, three, four, five. Get me the last vital sign reading for Ms. Smith and then relay it back to you in natural language. There's a bit of a nuance between what the model knows and what the model can do. Uh, as you say, these modern models can know a lot, but then they can also take action. And so that's what's unique about Layla is that we've mapped the entire surface area of Eliacare's APIs. So all the interactions anyone could be having with the software, and we've made those accessible through a conversational interface. Of course, 
bearing in mind roles and permissions and what I'm allowed to have. Let's dive into your second prediction out of the five for 2024, and that is that value-based care model expanding and pushing data connectivity. What do you mean by that? Well, iCare operates in many markets, many jurisdictions. In this particular domain, right, value-based care, the U.S. has been at the forefront. We see it in home health. We also see it increasingly in the personal care market, where a portion of the reimbursement is at risk based on attaining certain KPIs. We have both the Canadian healthcare system in the various jurisdictions and to a lesser extent in Australia, you have the various payers, even if it's a public health payer, saying, you know what, we really want to pay for a patient outcome, not just for an intervention like an hour of care. And so there are all these iterations to try and figure out how do you measure and quantify what good care is? And then how do we pay more for that than care that doesn't achieve the outcome? And I can see how a tool like Layla could be a valuable asset in scanning an EMR, taking a look at what does good care look like, maybe combining that with outside data like ICD-10 codes. The whole world needs to move to a value-based care model. And having that predictive ability to see what patients might need more care or what patients might be in a good position That's probably the solution to making sure that the dollars are spent wisely and that the patients get the care that they need. Exactly. And value-based care is really just a financial incentive around the theme of whole person care. So it's pretty well documented now that health outcomes are highly impacted by social determinants of care, right? It's not just what is your disease and how is it progressing? It's really how well is the whole person Someone struggling with diabetes and you try and only address the diabetes without considering where the person's getting their food and can they prep it and can they have a healthy diet, you're going to miss a whole bunch of the values. It's complex to integrate social determinants, to integrate data from upstream and downstream in the health system, right? I'm delivering care to a patient in the home and they get readmitted to a hospital and then they come back into the home for care. Really, the care delivery system in general should be taking account of all that data. When you talk about integrating data between health organizations and providers and how that's an essential part to get a value-based care and whole person care, uh, that's really you know what's essential there. Yeah, I don't know if you could ever really go back and track it to this, but to me, when I hear social determinants of care, the number one thing that I think of is loneliness is probably ultimately the number one factor in hospitalizations. It's just, that's what it starts with and it leads to other things. And it's one of the reasons home care is the model and the care setting of the future is because the more you can keep, especially seniors, the more you can keep someone in an environment they're comfortable with close to their loved ones, the better the health outcomes are going to be. So your next prediction is care plans will become highly personalized. I would say that at best in today's world, care plans are built around a condition and then maybe modified 10 to 20%, and it's based on templates that Mars have. What are your thoughts on how far are we going to get this year on having data that creates very unique care plans for clients? This is the kind of problem that is ideal for AI and specifically for these large language models. Care at any given time, we've got over a million patients receiving care on our software And so if you look at the whole set of data we have in the cloud, it's tens and hundreds of millions of interventions, all that were delivered in the context of a care plan with a lot of knowledge about the condition of the client 
and with some insight into what the actual outcome of that care was. So you think of that data set, and then you think of the task of, hey, I've got a new admission, and who does this patient look alike? What has been tried? What is effective? And really delivering a personalized care plan. I just want to be clear, we're not replacing the role of the care coordinator or the nurse doing that admission, right? It's still a very human job. And there's a lot that you get out of the human interaction with the client, but you can now substantiate that with data and with models that say, on average, if you apply these types of interventions, you're more likely to achieve the patient goals that have been expressed in the context of everything we know about the patient. So I think it's going to be a really amazing era now in terms of personalization of care, just because the way the system is set up, it's hard to find enough care management time to do that activity without tools to help a case manager bring more fit. Yeah, it's the Uberization of healthcare where hospitals are really from an industrial era. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. The get sick, then get tuned up, then go back until it doesn't work anymore. That was built for a different era with a different set of tools. I think we're in for a real innovation in terms of how healthcare is delivered in these next decades. The older I get, the more movies that I thought used to be science fiction are becoming a lot more real. But this is all in a good way. Now, turning a focus to the Canadian home-based care market, the fourth prediction is Canada to evolve care models into integrated care models. So an increase in public and private sector partnerships. We chatted a bit about this in the past episode where we spoke about Canadian provinces like Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Can you explain your prediction and how the Canadian market is forming a more collaborative care approach? That's actually one of the interesting benefits of a single-payer market is that you don't have the fractioning of care and fractioning of reimbursement that you get under some other models where you might have one payer for your personal care and somebody else managing your clinical care. And is that a lifetime commitment to the patient, not necessarily in a privatized healthcare system? So in Canada in general, it's a single payer model, but in most provinces, at least some portion of the care is delivered via public-private partner. So what's interesting there is that from a population health level, the payer, right, the regional or provincial health authority can take a long view on the health of the patient and overall lifetime costs of healthcare and overall patient outcomes. But then the individual interventions are very often outsourced to the private sector. And so the opportunity is, how do we align the service delivery with the long-term goals of the patient? And how do we break down the silos that exist between nursing care, therapy care, personal care in the home setting, and then also the care that patient might be receiving in other settings? Luckily, technology has come a very long way. From day one, Care was built with open APIs to interact with other entities in the health system. And it's been a bit of a disappointment to see how slow the flow of data has been to uh, to catch up. But now we're starting to uh, have standards established and incentives put in place so that the data flows better. Yeah, I love that thought because really when you centralize the prescription for care and the standardization for care, but then the private sector you can help to outsource the work because there's not enough resources per se within the public sector, then the system is all working together as one. That's it. And you can get some competition so that innovation flourishes and the best care provisions per dollar spent 
you get the benefits of competition, but then you also have universal access. So I think there's a lot of promise in this model. Yeah, and it all starts with that centralization of payers. And what you can't have is a, a whole patient journey that's digitized and then gets interrupted at a care transition by trying to put everything into a fax that goes out from one care setting to another. So it's really about getting that structured data flowing properly. Yep, that makes so much sense. The last prediction focuses on the home infusion industry in North America, where you predict that there'd be an amplified collaboration with infusion nursing agencies and home infusion specialty pharmacies. What do you mean by that? Yeah, this model has existed for a long time where the specialty pharma will be responsible for getting the particular molecule infused, but then because they won't necessarily have full geographic coverage everywhere, they'll outsource the nursing to subcontracted agencies. Now, what's different about uh, 2023 leading into 2024 is the Cures Act has now hit the skilled home-based care industry. And so I need an electronic visit verification to get paid for my intervention. But if I'm the billing entity, I'm the specialty pharma, only my care is being delivered by a subcontracted agency. How do I capture that EVV punch? How do I get that data back upstream, et cetera, et cetera? The non-digitized or semi-digitized version of emailing out a case to be taken care of, that just doesn't work anymore. There's a regulatory push. There's also a benefit in efficiency and patient care. But this is where we've used our Alaya Market product to really stitch together the specialty pharma and the subcontracted nursing agency to make sure the referrals can go out, get accepted, the care can be delivered, the documentation can happen at the point of care, and then everything flows back upstream so that the revenue cycle works well. So there's still agencies, say I'm a specialty pharma, I've got a client that needs chemotherapy delivered at home. I do my piece and I would send you an email referral. You would have an infusion nurse go deliver the chemotherapy and clock in and clock out with a, a paper timesheet. And the Cures Act it means that you have to have electronic visit verification. So now that nurse has to have a mobile app to be able to punch in and punch out of that visit. I need that data back from you. So it makes sense for us to just be on the same platform. Then I can send the referral to you electronically and I can have visibility into all the charting and I can see when people are clocking in and clocking out. And then this Alive Market concept allows me as the, let's say the vendor in this case, I can have multiple agencies that can pick up these caseloads from time to time. So it's a, an efficient and competitive market in that sense. Did I nail everything there? You, you got it. Excellent summary. <laughs> Should be me interviewing you. Well, we're almost up against our time, Adrian. I'll get you out of here on a couple of questions. Uh, what are you most grateful for from 2023? And what are you most excited about for 2024? Yeah, so 2023, it wasn't the easiest year for tech companies out there. It's kind of well publicized. The bubble burst when interest rates started rising and there was a real focus on tech companies getting back to uh, or getting to profitability. It was a tough operating year on the tech side as well, but I'm incredibly grateful for our customers and how they've partnered with us to create value in their business and help us build a really sustainable 100-year business that we're after. So that's what I'm grateful for. What I'm excited about in 2024 is uh, everything getting a little bit easier. 
And that's for our customers, but it's for us as well. So there have been massive investments that have been made both from the technology side in the market and then from us as a technology provider. And I feel like 2024 is the year we're going to start really reaping what we've seen. And tools like Layla, yes, we were able to put that out quite quickly based on the progress all these large language models have made. But we benefit from a nine-year investment in open APIs and a modern technology architecture. And so all of that's coming together to deliver really massive value for our customers. And I'm really excited to see where that's going to go. Adrian, I was thinking the other day, one of your greatest skills is you have the ability to make everyone feel like everything's going to be okay. It has been a tough few years for a lot of people. And I agree with you. I think that hopefully this year, things will be a little bit easier. And I'm happy to have you as my first guest for 2024. I'm feeling pretty good about things. And everyone out there, I wish you the best for 2024. And Adrian, thanks for doing this today. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. Home Health 360 is presented by Lycare and hosted by Jeff Howell and Aaron Valier. First, we want to thank our amazing guests and listeners. Second, our episodes air twice a month, so be sure to subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. And last but not least, if you liked this episode and want to learn more about all things home-based care, you can explore all of our episodes at aliacare.com slash homehelp360 or visit us on your favorite podcast platform.